Howdy folks and welcome to this Speak Up podcast, your number one topical discussion podcast surrounding all things mental health. And I'm your host Ashley and in today's episode, episode 8, I'll be talking to a clinical psychologist as part of our Meet the Experts series, uh, Dr. Shoshana Bennett. She comes from California in the United States and she has a special interest in postpartum depression uh, and maternal mental health. So we'll be talking about uh, mental health in sort of new mothers, uh, the postpartum depression side of things, but also the sort of perinatal side of things, which is sort of before the baby's born, leading up to it and then afterwards. So we'll be talking about that and what the signs are, guys, for the difference between a normal sort of everyday blues and the postpartum depression, how you can tell the two apart, guys, and what the difference is. Um, Dr. Shosh also shared with us a personal story of having health, um, um, difficult time with her health. So, and she talks about cancer specifically, just as a, a little uh, disclaimer and trigger warning, guys. Uh, so, if any of you guys are going through a difficult time of it right now, guys, just as a trigger warning, there, we do talk about um, cancer and, and also other sensitive topics, guys. Uh, so thank you very much to Dr. Josh for sharing that with us. It must have taken a lot of courage to open up about that and share that with us um, on the platform. So guys, um, without further ado, I'll jump straight into it. But before I do, I just want to say that, you know, Dr. Josh, it's a real honour uh, to have um, her on the platform. She's an accomplished, you know, psychologist. She's published widely. Uh, she's written a few books and co-authored a few books with other people, including The Dummy's Guide to Postpartum Depression. And if any of you bookworms are out there, you'll know what they are. They're the green guides, dummy's guides to um, a variety variety of different topics, guys. So, And she's um, sort of co-authored and authored one, one of those. Another title is Pregnant on Prozac. She's written that book as well. And she's in the pipeline to write other books as well, guys. So, um, so that's it, guys. Really, I'll we'll, I'll leave you to jump straight into it and have a listen, guys. I hope you really enjoy listening to it as much as I've enjoyed recording it. Please like, share, comment, subscribe across all our channels. I'd really appreciate that. So, without further ado, guys, here you go. Howdy folks and welcome to the Speak Up podcast, another episode of the Speak Up podcast, your number one topical discussion podcast surrounding all things mental health and I'm your host Ashley and in today's episode it's the Meet the Experts series and we've got um, Dr Shoshana Bennett on the platform today who hails all the way from California in the United States. Uh, She is uh, an expert in her field uh, with a specific focus on postpartum depression uh, she's an author. She's um, co-authored and authored several books, uh, most notably The Dummy's Guide to Postpartum Depression, I understand. Um, so if you guys, any of you guys with bookworms out there, you'll probably know about The Dummy's Guides, the, those yellow books um, that um, you know, there's a great big consortium of guides out there um, on a whole manner of things. So um, I was really surprised and actually quite um, um, elated that you'd, you'd published that. Um, and various other other titles, and I think the one's Pregnant on Prozac as well. I, I know that you've published that. Um, so she's a clinical psychologist, just to summarise, with a special interest in postpartum depression. She's helped many, many people over her years as a psychologist. And, yeah, so we're going to be talking to her about her career, touching on her career in these questions, but also I've got some sort of pie-in-the-sky uh, questions to ask her as well. Uh, so without further ado, I'll jump straight into the questions. Uh, so how are you doing, uh, Dr. Shoshana? Doing well? Doing very well. Thank you, Ash, and thank you for inviting me. Awesome. That's great. So what we'll do then is we'll jump straight into the questions. But the first one is, is can you tell me a little bit about yourself and why you decided to come on the podcast today? I love educating, and your interest really was – it's that was – what was interesting to me. Uh, So you seemed like you were really open and wanted to educate. And I'm all about education. 
I'm all about prevention of, of mental health issues whenever possible, but certainly helping helping uh, with treatment and, and recovery so that one is healthier and happier than ever. And I really like what you're doing here uh, with your podcast. I At this point in my career, I pick and choose very carefully, uh, but yours was one that I was uh, very interested in uh, in supporting. Yeah. Well, I'm actually quite flattered that you said that, actually. It's, uh, yeah, I really, uh, really am. Um, where did you find our podcast? Just out of interest. Um, did you did you come across it on like Spotify or was it um, LinkedIn? or? I believe it was LinkedIn. Honestly, I'm not sure. I, I was uh, looking around and yeah. uh, frankly, often podcasters come to me. In this oh. case, I believe I came to you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I was, I was yes, quite... You're allowed to be flattered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah. I was um, checking my my forms, and uh, you know, it came through. You know that you filled out the form. I thought, wow, this is great. You know, um, you know um, uh, that you wanted to come on and share that interest of, uh, of things. So yeah, that's really great. Um, so, sort of second question is, what made you want to be uh, a psychologist? What was the sort of lead up to that? Uh, the pre the pre story to that. Um, you know, I never had any interest in becoming a psychologist. Uh, 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 here's what happened. I was a special education teacher. And I, eventually I became, uh, I was an instructor at community colleges in the San Francisco Bay Area, teaching future special education teachers. Became pregnant. We were very much looking forward to our first child. Yeah. Once I delivered, I plummeted. I dropped into the a really horrifying uh, uh, mental health state. I was horribly depressed. I had very scary images flying through my mind, uh, especially about harm coming to the baby. I had uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, from the from the birth itself, actually, from the labor and delivery. It made me flash back on things from from childhood. I mean, I was I was a mess, and I remember thinking, if life's going to be like this, I don't want to be here anymore. Now, that's coming from a very, you know, a, a generally very happy person before this. Yeah. I had yeah. never had any uh, depression. Uh, or, or severe anxiety like this in, in, in my past, I did not know what had hit me. So I'm all condensed what happened. Yeah. I went through two and a half years of really a, a terrifying state. Nobody knew how to help me. Frankly, I was afraid of being completely open with the kinds of things I was thinking. I thought I'd be put away in a... Yeah. Mental. you know a, 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 an institution never to be heard from again i thought my baby would be taken away even though i thought i was a horrible mom and 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 i didn't deserve to be a mother i it was really awful but then we got pregnant again when i started to recover right. i mean that that's what can happen with with depression when you're in it you can't imagine being healthy again and when you're when you're well you can't imagine ever being in that state of mind again yeah. About a year into the second bout of postpartum depression, after my our second child was born, because you're very you're you're very high risk uh, to do it again unless you have a plan of action. That and I'm all about that strategy to help prevent it the next time around. Yeah. Uh, it was about a year into the second horrifying state now with two children that I saw a program on television. And this woman was describing many of the things that I had been feeling on and off for years. I was both furious at the mental health profession. If this is so common, if one in seven of us go through something more severe than the normal baby blues, where was the help? Yeah. And I started reading everything I could get my hands on that had been translated into English and realized that many, many countries, uh, the UK included, it was far beyond uh, where the United States was. So I was just surrounded by ignorance, a lot of judgment, a lot of criticism. Um, so there, a fire in, fire in the belly, I'll call it, started to grow. And I knew I had to do something uh, with this information, started yep. running a support group. And remember, this is the 1980s. There was no internet. Yeah, no, so this was all word of mouth. Yeah. And uh, that's really how a new career 
came about. I was not a psychologist. Um, and so I could offer information, psychoeducation to the people coming to my living room in Northern California uh, and uh, every week. But eventually women started to, to, to say, can you, you know, can we talk about how I was raised as a child and can we talk about this relationship and, and, and more about, so I realized I needed to be licensed as a psychologist or I couldn't take them further. It would be practicing without a license, which, which is very unethical. <laughs> and um, so that's really what launched me. And I became, uh, really, hospitals started to come to me, clinics, uh, doulas, midwives, yes. uh, uh, various, various types of clinicians would come to me and say, can you teach us more about this? Can you offer in-service trainings? Yeah. So there were very, very few of us doing it. I'd say three or four in the 1980s. So I, that's, that just, that became a, a passion and I, I'm just as passionate about educating uh, today yeah. as I was uh, back then when it all started. So it's evolved from this like, personal problems or like a personal um like mission for you for your career it is your life you know? yeah. that is absolutely true i never thought i'd be doing this as my life's work i was very yeah. happy teaching at the colleges and doing what i was doing yeah uh and uh and you know in there somewhere i was asked by numerous publishers to write their books uh on the topic uh became president of our international organization founded a couple of organizations uh on my own uh but it really it really has felt it's been so satisfying uh, because uh, yeah, I, I had to, uh, th there had to be a meaning, you know, there had to be a reason why yeah. I almost took my life on a couple of occasions thinking my husband and children would be better off without me, you know, and it gives me such purpose to help launch new families, new parents who are suffering, you know, into a, their happy new life and to help them avoid the suffering that my family and I needed to uh, needed to go through. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's amazing, to be honest, personally, I think it's really a really a noble thing as well, very rewarding to, to um, devote your life's work to work to that as well. Like it's really, it's, I think it's a fantastic thing, really. And you mentioned as well, you touched on it, um, you was doing teaching before, wasn't you? Is that right? Yes, Before I was teaching know. psychology, uh, rehabilitation therapies, early childhood education, yeah. uh, special education, right in in that in that area to uh, yeah. uh, to budding budding teachers and also helping uh, uh, folks with varying disabilities who are entering as students into the colleges. Yeah, that's amazing as well. So you you already you already had that kind of like. Um compassionate side as well already like there but obviously through your own sort of like challenges you've like taken it like to the next level really uh, in terms of like helping other people and stuff like that it's gone from you know you already sort of had that um I guess that caring and nurturing side within you but then you know something happened and it kind of you know took you to the next level I guess um so my next question is it's sort of related to care and stuff um what's your sort of stance on medication and things uh, from from a sort of i guess from a professional point of view but also from a sort of personal point of view of are you an advocate of medication i know it's quite controversial and there's like big pharma and stuff like that and there's the whole debate around is medication worth it are they just making money off the back of mentally unwell people or is it you know there's the whole debate about it but I guess really want to know, pick your brains and want to know what your stance was on it, really. Um, That's a big one. We could do a whole podcast just on that topic. Yeah. Um, hmm. Okay, so here's how I would answer that question in a nutshell, because we don't have hours. No. I'm not a lover of big pharma. Oh. However, I have seen medications save lives. Yeah. I am not a pro or a con. I, I am, I am very much in favor of an individual using whatever modalities and sometimes there are a few together i don't think the whole answer comes out of a bottle no. i never have i mean the best doctors i work with will say 
I'm ready to prescribe to you, you know, to their patient, but first get an, a, a complete assessment. Yeah, because yeah. again, what, right? I mean, we have to talk about sleep and nutrition and exercise and emotional support and physical support. I mean, there are, there are so many pieces to each person's puzzle, yeah. right? Their wellness plan. So whatever each individual needs to do to feel 100%, uh, um, I'm in favor of that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't mean to skirt your question. There isn't no. a, a yes or a no. I think that's a good um, answer. Definitely. I think that's a really good answer. Um, there isn't a, yeah, like you said, there isn't a yes or no, is there? You know, there's, there's. I, yeah, I, I will. Yeah. It, it's not, yeah, it, it, it can't be, you know, there, there are oh. some advocates and sometimes they're quite fanatical about where they're coming from. You know, this is the only way or yeah. never, ever, yeah. I'm not, I'm not there. I mean, there is, there is not a one size fits all for anything. Yeah. Is there, right? There are many different ways to, there are different ways to feed our children to help them sleep at night. I'm talking new parenthood here. Right. Um, there, there are different ways to do. So I believe that the individual really needs to listen. It's very hard when you're struggling mental health wise. Uh, I remember that very, very well. There was no help offered to me except some terrible medication actually um I, I i it's actually it's not a terrible medication it was terrible for me it was completely yeah. inappropriate for me but i think an individual really needs to tune in as much as humanly possible and say is this something i'm willing to do you know what makes sense for me what am i willing to do what 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 um works with my values what yeah. i mean there's so many different factors and we we need to consider respect where right who we are what's important to us and practitioners need to listen uh, to to their patients to say is this a proper modality for this person yeah. do they need extra support at home for this to even be feasible you know th things uh things like this i don't know why i went off on that that's Andrew. all right. That's all right. What were you asking me? <laughs> it was about um, your um, your stance on medication, but uh, you've you've answered it quite well in that aspect of there's no right or wrong. It's there's different variables. Um, right. I think for me personally, I mean, uh, I won't go into too much detail about my personal um, ailments and things, but uh, for me, I've been on a long journey of trying one medication, trying another medication, not working, trying another, the different therapies, not working, trying another. And it's, um, I think for me, if the medication works, I'm willing to take the medication. Obviously, that's my own personal um, stance on it. I'm not trying to advocate for medication for other people. Mm -hmm. um, I think, um, I think, I think for me, medication has its place for those that are like severely mentally unwell. And if medication is the only thing that helps, then then so be it. But um, you know, that's their choice to make, I guess. Like, like similar to what you said, really, it's you know, it's up to them. But um, right, although medication for any type of mental health yeah. uh, issue, to me, uh, an opinion I can give you is yeah. that it's never enough. Medication is never enough. No. It might be the only. Uh, uh, modality as in, um, you know, what you're ingesting. But yeah, I always yeah. think uh, therapy is, is important. Of course, I've got that bias as a clinical psychologist. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'd say a good 75% of my clientele in the perinatal, you know, pregnancy and postpartum, they yeah. are not on medication, but I'm working with a particular population, some of whom have never suffered before. Yeah. Um, as, as in my case, it was suddenly, you yeah. know, we're, we're at our most vulnerable, uh, during pregnancy and postpartum, if something's going to surface, it surfaces then. So my population, my main population, yeah. it, this is all brand new and they're considered to be acute disorders and they go away. Yeah. When someone comes to me, who's been suffering for a long time, medication has, has been helping them. Yeah. I would never suggest they get off that medication. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I mean, I don't give medical advice anyway. I'm a PhD, not not yeah. an MD. Yeah. But but some kind of at least coaching with a, a comprehensive wellness strategy yeah. is also important along with the medication. 
they say that's the gold standard, don't they? Like, is it medication and therapy together? Um, at least uh, over here, anyway, on the NHS, they say that that's the the gold standard. But um, right. uh, obviously, it takes some time to get to that point where you, um, at least for me, like the right type of um, medication, the right type of therapy, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Definitely. Um, the next one, the next one is uh, is what's the difference between uh, postnatal and postpartum depression? Um, I'm coming at this from a complete average job. So um, yes, yes, yeah. I'm so I'm so glad you asked. Yeah, <laughs> we're coming from different parts of the yeah. the globe. They're <laughs> yeah. exactly the same. They are used interchangeably. Yeah. Postnatal, postpartum, exactly the same. It's like nappies and diapers. All right. Yeah, yeah. And there's another term, perinatal, as well. Is that the same? Perinatal. No, perinatal refers okay. to the the pregnancy as well as uh, uh, following delivery up to about a year. So perinatal covers that whole that whole time. Yeah. Okay, so there's prenatal and pre-pregnancy, same thing, right? There's yeah. postnatal, postpartum, same thing. Yeah. Perinatal covers pregnancy and the postpartum period up oh. to about uh, a year uh, following delivery. Does that, does that answer your but question? Yeah, so like both together, kind of, kind of, in a way, kind of thing, peri the perinatal side of them. Peri, yeah. peri covers both, correct. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Okay, just, just to clear that up for some of some listeners that might not really know, understand what the Yeah, the terminology is. can be confusing. <laughs> it's like maternity blues, baby blues. You know, there are so many different different words yeah, for it, but uh, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in your experience as well, and, and uh, this is probably right up your street, this question, but what's... How do we differentiate between the normal everyday stress as a parent uh, and like depression? When does it turn into something more like depression uh, and what can we do about it? Oh, that that's an excellent question. Uh, uh, first of all, I do want to, I, I, I brought up uh, uh, baby blues, maternal blues. Let me just talk about that because that is a very normal reaction to yeah. uh, new parenthood. We'll talk about birth mom for a second. Yeah. Um, these are, uh, and it is a, a way of answering your question as well. These are very mild symptoms, ups and downs. So uh, 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 symptoms should be mild and gone at about two weeks following delivery. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if it keeps going, it's it's postpartum depression, even a mild one. But also the severity of the symptoms, it might happen immediately like it did in my case. Yeah. Uh, if the symptoms, and this is also answering your question as well, yeah. if the symptoms no matter what they are, whether it's anxiety, bursts of anger, you know, short-temperedness, um, inability to slow one's mind if it's spinning, yeah. um, uh, getting in the way of sleep at nighttime, you know, any insomnia, uh, 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 doom and gloom feeling, yeah. you know, uh, hopelessness. If, the, if those symptoms are severe enough to get in the way of a person's daily life, or ability to sleep at night. Yeah, yeah. They need intervention. That's over the line. Look, we, we, we parenting is about the toughest job on the planet. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it is the hardest job. I work with CEOs. I work with you know very high powered you know people and yeah. oh gosh, a, a few executives at Apple. You know, I mean, well, they're big, yeah. right? Huge stressful jobs. They can't wait to go back to work on Monday. Because they've been taking care of the kids over the weekend. <laughs> they said, this it, is yeah. much harder. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, certainly the stresses are huge. Uh, when you parent well, it's easy yeah. to be a parent, but when you do it well, it's very, it's tough. Um, uh, but again, one should have a perspective and hopefully some humor in there, like, oh, we're going through a tough phase or, you know, I'm, I'm questioning my, you know, this or that and talking with people, but they should be allowed to be, they, sh they should be able to be reassured and, yeah. and, and know and have a perspective of this isn't going to last. So if a person, if a parent or otherwise is thinking this is forever, there isn't any hope here. Um, this is, I should never have done this. You know, if they're if they have that kind of a mentality, that's over the line. They they need some help. They need help for yeah. It sounds like I think like we were talking uh, last week when we had a video call about the uh, 
when it's hope when it becomes hopelessness and like there's no hope forward and there's no way out, then it becomes like a is it going to turn into like suicidality and suicidal thoughts? That's right. It's hopelessness. It's a, when a person is thinking the pain, no matter what kind of pain, emotional pain, physical, yeah. you know, is going to be forever. That's what leads to the hopelessness and then the danger of suicide. Yes. So, you know, I bring in humor in my uh, work with clients as soon as possible. You know, I was asked to write postpartum depression for dummies and thank you for for bringing that up. It was a perfect fit because, you know, at the at the beginning, when someone contacts me, they're not laughing about anything. I mean, they are they are going they're in a crisis and thinking, is this the rest of my life? I know what that feels like. I was there and I was looking at a bunch of pills a couple of times in my life, right? Yeah. I mean, I know how low one can get, but as soon as they get the information and the education and understand what's going on, most importantly, understand that this is an acute illness, you know, this is going to go away. Yeah. At least the severe bout of the perinatal illness yeah. is going to, you know, Jeez. lighten and eventually disappear. Then they can giggle about it and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's such there's such relief right yeah, and then yeah. we can bring in a little bit of you know then she, then she can start yeah. to giggle i'm saying she by the way but uh fathers can also experience yeah. uh, a postnatal depression as well yeah yeah uh, how does that sort of differ then obviously obviously biologically it's different but uh, the father can maybe feel like he's like less of a man am i right in saying that or is that you know there are biological reasons i mean not the reproductive hormones of course that's 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 her uh there are biological reasons there are sociological reasons there are there are physical reasons there are spirit i mean the sleep deprivation i mean a lot of fathers uh are uh, taking care of their infants at night and if they're if they're sensitive to sleep deprivation it can lower their serotonin and they can become depressed as well. Uh, certainly, yes, a lot of stressors on dads, um, especially if she is depressed, their rate of postnatal depression shoots way up. Typically, it's about one in 10 yeah. uh, dads yeah. uh, have depression. But if, if, the, if the mom is depressed, the rate goes up between 24 and 50%. So the highest risk factor is if she's depressed Uh, so that's why i make sure that the spouse is getting some good support as she is recovering um because he's trying to you know he's trying to take care of her right take care of the baby pick up the slack about what's not being done earn earn money for the you know i'm I'm talking in a in a in a general way here but that's often how it looks and so as she starts to recover he can go ah, here's what I've been holding on to all this time and start to exhibit uh, some illness himself, yeah. Yeah, that's, that sounds, I mean, it's, it sounds very um, contributory, like um, in terms of like, you know, if the if the mum's ill, then, the, you know, I can understand the dad feeling frustrated. From, from a male perspective anyway, I can understand that maybe she, uh, sorry, he feels obviously an obligation to look after the child and, and the, the partner, the wife, or, or whatever it might be. So that's, but those statistics you quoted as well, um, up to 50%, you said, didn't you, from 14? Well, yes, if she's depressed and, and, and if he isn't getting proper help. I oh. always want to add that because yeah. it's not an automatic that if she's depressed, he's he could be you know, he's going to be depressed. It depends what kind of help. And it's not just any help. It's the proper help. I'm a big believer in, in, you know, this is a specialty. You know, when when we're talking about perinatal illness, it's important that uh, the the person suffering and the the close family members uh, are getting the right kind of help. I mean, I, in my books, I write chapters for the family members, for the spouses. Here's what you do. Here's what you say. Here's what you don't do. Here's what you should never say. Here's how you take care of yourself in a very practical way. Um, Because I know my husband certainly needed some help and he didn't get it because there was no information when I was going through it. And uh, of course he suffered as well. Yeah, and I can imagine as well. Um, all those years ago, 
was it around it was around the 80s did you say as well the 80s? it was the 80s right our first child was born in 83 and uh the second child born in 87 yes completely different there was no help I'm, out there yeah no help at all it's yeah it's We've come, do you think we've come a long way then in general? Yeah. We have. That's the great news. We have come yeah. a, so far since then. It just, it warms my heart. It's, I'm so, so excited. The, the, the same clinics that would at one point say, oh, Shoshana, we rarely see this problem here. We don't need your help. They've been coming and asking me to speak now for decades. So, <laughs> so now they realize how common it is. They just didn't know what they were looking at, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, we still have a long way to go. Yeah. We still have a lot of work to do, but now when somebody says postpartum postnatal, uh, depression, they're not looked at cross-eyed, you know, they're, they're, yeah. uh, people have heard the terms and at least can relate. Maybe they're thinking of an, an actress who has come forward, uh, bravely and talked about her story, or maybe the doctor has actually taken an in-service training because they're still not taught in uh, medical school, at least not in the U.S. Really? Uh, it is not part of their curriculum. No, um, I'm not sure it might be different in Britain. Uh, but no, OBs are not trained as part of their medical curriculum about mental health of their patients, believe it or not. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I don't know the answer to that one about over here, but um, mm -hmm. might be worth me asking. I'm probably of the belief that maybe they don't, but I don't want to jump the gun. I'll probably have to. I don't know. Um, my guess is that they're probably doing a better job than we are, hmm. <laughs> but we're we're following in their footsteps. So so hopefully we're not too far behind. Yeah, I thought you guys were all really ahead with everything with technology and law enforcement and you know stuff like that you know you got there maybe in some areas not in the perinatal area no. no um the next question is is sort of about um it's about covid really and, and obviously it's negative negatively impacted the world's mental health in yes. general right. uh, and this is another sort of pie in the sky question really what would your advice or answer be to the to the crisis or to those people that needed that needed the help what would you say um Oh my. Um, well, happy to, I mean, yeah. we, we know that things are opening up now. People can actually get more help. I know I had been working, uh, um, you know, uh, by phone and by internet for yeah. gosh, uh, 12 years, even before Oh. Uh, COVID hit, uh, frankly, exclusively. I, I hadn't seen anybody in person for a long time. I do so much traveling and training that I, I, I've been, you know, working virtually for a long time. So it wasn't a huge deal for my clients, but, but that was an enormous transition. Those who are already in therapy, their therapists, it took a while before they got settled with and got comfortable and adjusted to uh, having phone appointments, having yeah. virtual appointments. So the isolation was enormous during yeah. COVID, physically and emotionally, uh, when, when no one was coming into anybody else's home. So you the emotional away, support, the, yeah. the physical support, emotional support, I think those were the two of the most, um, most important factors that added that really exacerbated the the mental health crisis during during the pandemic. Yeah, really, really difficult. And you mentioned as well um, that you've been doing like a virtual um, therapies for like a long time before COVID. Do you, do you see um, UK clients or is it mainly just uh, in the US? I do. Yeah. I do. I, I, I literally see uh, people from all over the world. Yeah. And take full advantage of the technology that back in the 80s, we did not have. There was only the telephone yeah. <laughs> and, and snail mail. I mean, isn't it? It's so hard to believe. Do you, I mean, rotary phones. There were no cell phones. So term, I'm, I'm dating table. myself here. Yeah, I'm going like this for the rotary the phone. There, yeah, yeah. Oh, and eventually we had the push button, right? But um, oh, yes, yeah. but I take full advantage. The, the take home here is that there is really good help no matter where you live. Yeah. So uh, uh, a new parent can always find great help. Whether you're, whether you're contacting me, through uh, drshosh.com, yeah. uh, or you're going to Postpartum Support International's website, 
or maybe you have a real specialist uh, in your area that uh, somebody yeah. has sent you to, you know, just make sure it's if you're if you're suffering perinatally now. I'm talking in the specialty. Yeah. Make sure they know what they're doing in this specialty. It's not enough to talk to a nice person yeah. every week and just vent. I mean, you you you're calling in crisis. You need a practical strategy for recovering. Yeah. You got a baby there, you know, and. Uh, uh, so don't settle is really a message that I, I want to put out there. Don't settle just because somebody is is paid for. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to actually there can be some out of pocket. I know I know our, our insurance yeah. systems are very, very different, but um, make sure you get the proper help. Yeah, there's some people that out there ain't there that like um, they, they've got the credentials and the um... Oh, my mind my mind's completely gone, but I know what I want to say, but it's like they've they got have the alphabet then, soup after their name. Yeah, 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 exactly. But then they do but they don't um maybe they're not a special like you said, they're not a specialist like really exactly. look really look at the credentials first before Exactly. Yeah. Ash, you know, just because somebody is a marriage and family therapist or a psychologist or a, it doesn't mean they can help you. Yeah. Um, uh, so you're absolutely right. They needed at least a two day training in this particular field. What organizations do they belong to that yeah. are specifically focused on parental mental health? What books, uh, uh, videos, what resources do they have right off the top uh, of their of their heads that they can suggest? What type of therapy do they use? Because, yeah. for instance, when when a new mom or dad is suffering with perinatal uh, a depression, it is not appropriate to put them into long-term psychoanalysis. They need tools so yeah. they can put one foot in front of the other. You can see how excited I get when I talk about this because I'm so busy for the last, what, 37 years of doing this work. I've been undoing, undoing actual damage that very well-meaning health practitioners have been, have been, you know, causing. Yeah. So again, that doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means they're not trained. They're not trained. So yes, I'm a, I'm a, you know, an advocate for, for finding the proper help because it, 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 in fact, in my field, I used to hear, uh, as long as you get help, you'll be fine. I've changed that. Yeah. As long as you get proper help, you will recover. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's, there's, um, and there's a fine line, like you say, there's between, you know, there's a fine line to be crossed, isn't it, between not so good, brilliant, excellent, or really, really bad. You know, it's it's difficult to, and it's difficult for um, for a patient to know what's good and what's bad if it, you know, if they're going on that journey of yes therapy before, they don't have anything to compare it to. They don't have any Absolutely, other. Ash, very well put. Also, when we're at our most vulnerable, it's really hard to be shopping around. I mean, you know, depression depletes us. We yeah. barely, I mean, I remember crossing from the living room to the kitchen felt overwhelming. And I'm typically a very active task oriented person. Yeah. And I was feeling lazy. Of course, it wasn't laziness. It was depression. Also, I wasn't yeah. sleeping. I had a horrible insomnia. But uh, so I couldn't even sleep at night when the baby was sleeping. By the way, big warning sign. Um, if 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 she can't sleep at night when her baby is sleeping, she needs help. There are other warning signs too. I'll be happy to go into if you want. But you know, when we're that vulnerable, and and possibly also feeling hopeless, like nobody's going to understand. Yeah. Um, uh, to be searching, you know, for the right therapist that that can feel way too overwhelming. So maybe a family member can do that for you. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, in postpartum depression for dummies and also beyond the blues, um, I list the, the questions, the screening questions that even your loved one can have right in front of them yeah. when they're, uh, when they're finding the right, uh, therapist for you. Thanks. Yeah, that's really good. Um, really good advice for listeners as well. And, um, I'll I'll sort of suggest them to check the book check the books out and things uh, and, and read them and I'll I'll probably read them as well after this actually I'll be your uh, number one fan. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, what's what's been the most rewarding part of your career or your role to date? 
would you say? Oh, why is that too big? Uh, the, is that, the, yeah. the most I have to pick one, you know, uh, I, I, I'll answer that question really by saying, you know, there isn't like one incident or something. It's more yeah. knowing that there is a meaning, knowing that I, I went through something life-threatening, two, two life-threatening times in my life. And I got to, it wasn't for nothing. There, there's a purpose and I get to watch I get to watch uh, new parents turn things around with my guidance. And by the way, I don't take any credit for it. I know, I know where this is coming from, but that's yeah. a whole other topic. Um, and and I, I see the joy and the hope and how they're launched into new parenthood happily the way we were not, you yeah. know, I was not. That, that is, it's the most satisfying I can't think of a better job. Uh, honestly, it is it is every day I get that satisfaction. So uh, that's the that's the best way I can answer your your question. Just to see them go full circle, isn't it? To you know, um, um, from from the beginning to the end, and see him see him come full circle as a person. You know. Yes, and actually, it, when we when we go through really tough stuff. Yeah. really major challenges. Uh, I'm going through a different one right now, by the way, if you're interested, mm -hmm. I'll be happy to share. I'm an open book. Um, and, and we use those challenges as, as horrific as they might seem in, in the moment yeah. um, to, to not only recover, but to thrive. Yeah. And to, you, we can learn so much about who's really there for us yeah. might surprise us. Sometimes Absolutely. we think the, the people we think are going to be there for us, they're not, but people we hadn't even thought of are right there for us, right? We yeah. learn our own, about our own strength mm -hmm. and resilience, what we're really able to do, even though we have never given us ourselves credit for that. We, we, our, our relationships uh, can be strengthened and some relationships we let go. I mean, we learn so much if we choose to um, handle these crises uh, in that in that way. So I know it sounds like, you know, Pollyanna stuff, like, oh, you have to be better than ever, but you can be. No. You can be, my goal, if a client wants to be happier than, than she's ever, or he's ever been before, that I love helping them get there. Yeah. They're happier, healthier, stronger, more grounded and solid than they've ever been before in their life before the crisis. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's um, that's really quite poignant and quite um, hard hitting when you said like you learn you learn so much when you go through these these um, um, difficulties in your life, um, and that can be applied to anything mental health or physical that's or anything. You know, it's exactly right. You, you exactly so right. Much. You know, what people, some people, the the abandonment can be quite traumatizing, but you do learn so much from it. You know, and it's kind of like, um, I mean, I'm not religious, but it's like, like, I, I want to say it's God's way of saying, right, I'm gonna put these, put this in your way, and it's, you're gonna learn a lesson from it. You know, um, yeah, I don't think you. it's like that. I think that's it. That is what it is. But that's mm -hmm. again another. <laughs> yeah. But yes, absolutely. No matter what one's belief is. Yeah. Yeah. we these things can be put in our path for that's, it. that's exactly what i want to say yeah without without the religious context um <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. um um so in terms of um well it's may, maybe slightly similar to the last question what's your biggest sort of your biggest sort of achievement or standout moment I, it's kind of similar to the first one but not um Oh, goodness. Yes, I don't know uh, another way to to answer that. Um, yeah. Ash, I because again, uh, every day I get these like these these sparkly moments. Um, yeah. uh, I, I am very, very grateful that I now have uh, healthy, happy relationships with both of my children. You yeah. know, I was so ill uh, when they were young. 
that um, uh, I know my daughter uh, developed an attachment disorder. Uh, yeah. You know, I do this work not only for the, the parents suffering, but I watch out for the children as well. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, we worked hard on, on, on reconnecting and, and, and all of that. Um, uh, my son had difficulties in, in other ways. Um, and so I, I, I guess this is a long-winded way of answering your question yeah. that I, I, I am so grateful that we were able to put our family back together again uh, and uh, and yeah. and become stronger, just just like we were talking about, uh, become stronger. And there was a lot of repair that needed to happen. So yeah. um, I, that that certainly stands out as um, a moment. Call it an achievement, or I don't know what we want to call that. But I'm 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 so so grateful that we were able to do that. Not all families can, uh, yeah. depending on the. Um, uh, the damage that happened. The good news is, and, and actually I was asked to write another book of children of the depressed. Yeah. Uh, this is for grown children who had at least one depressed parent growing up. Yeah. And uh, the, I was asked to write this book to help stop intergenerational depression, because often, even if it's not a genetic thing passed along, depressed behavior can be, is taught, Learned. right? Yeah. So children and then their children and then their children, it can, it can be repeated if we don't do things to make sure depression isn't passed along. So um, I, I had a lot of what my family went through in mind when I wrote this book. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole idea of that is it's such a good... Um, um, good solution, a good thing as well, and a good book as well. Because, um, I mean, I don't know, but I've not heard of um, many books with that sort of um, spin on things, that sort of topic. Um, well, you're right, and, and I mean, there, there, there are children of this and children of that, and there was no children of the depressed. I'm going. Mm. This is one of the most common mental health, right? Uh, yeah, challenges sure. and that's why i was asked to write it and so now there is definitely a book and uh, the feedback i've been getting over the years um because i put actual activities in there and and things you know if one is feeling up to it to to um, you know there there again um questions to ask yourself writing exercises if you choose to there's no yeah. th there's nobody has to go through these activities or or but uh, the 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 um the feedback I've been getting has been profoundly positive. Is this one and, you just uh, released, or is it? Is this one? No, just... no, I didn't just release it. Um, it's a few years now, but of course, oh, just okay. as relevant as it was when it was when it was released. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, I suggest if 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 your listeners find themselves or identify with with this whole topic of having been raised with at least one depressed person, even if the person was never diagnosed, you know, because often we know, you know, that there there was depression, uh, just uh, or or there's anxiety um, uh, in in a relative, but it doesn't mean they were ever formally diagnosed it doesn't matter. It's what you know, what it's you know? what you know. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so it's another pie in the sky idea, um, not idea, sorry, a question. Um, if you could change anything in the world, what would that be? <laughs> oh my, you have, you have, a, your <laughs> pie in the sky questions are really something. Oh, okay. Maybe it's just, uh, I feel I like I've been quite mean. Anything. <laughs> well, on this theme, I'll, 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 I'll rein it in about uh, a bit. Yeah. Okay. To, uh, mental health hmm. yeah. actually physical health as well in the whole healthcare industry i believe people should have choices we touched on this before yeah we shouldn't just be told this is what you have to do <coughs> excuse me okay. depending on the uh the ability the um the the practitioners um, knowledge 
of various modalities there should be choices yeah yeah exactly yeah um, for instance i'm going through a bout of breast cancer now it's my second bout yeah um a third bout of cancer but but second of, of breast cancer and depending on the practitioner yeah it's a very limited you know what i was was hearing is first you do these scans and then you do surgery and then there's radiation and then there's chemotherapy and then there's hormone too. I mean, it, it, it was just, you must do it this way. Yeah. The, the truth is there are many options out there, Yeah. right? Yeah. Some are outside the country uh, because the FDA doesn't like those. Uh, but bottom line is whether it's a physical challenge, yeah. whether it's a mental health challenge, we have options. So my, my, again, long-winded way of answering your, your question, but, but if I were to change anything, I would hope that all practitioners would be able to say to their patients, here's what I have to offer, but I also know there are other options. I don't, they don't have to be experts in all of them. That's impossible. Yeah. But at least be able to offer a smorgasbord, you know, yeah. so that the patient can uh, read, can research, can do whatever they want to do or not. But at least, you, you know, what, that's right. I think choices are important rather than fear mongering, rather told. than, oh, my goodness, and you better do this or else, yeah. you know. Um, uh, so that that's what I would change. It's 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 compassionate listening, and it's also um, really understanding what is what might be best for the person sitting sitting you know in the in the patient's chair. Each practitioner tends to hit with their own hammer. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. if there's a an herbalist, that herbalist might think this is the only way. You must do herbs, an acupuncturist, somebody doing uh, some uh, energy psychology work like EMDR, for instance, or, 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 or the oncologist um, you know, saying, no, you must do radiation or else. You know, again, I, I don't mean to talk this much to answer your question, right. but yeah. options are important and uh, each individual really needs to to be able to choose, to pick and choose for him or herself, whether again, whether it's uh, mental health or physical. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. That's quite a personal story of yours, but I appreciate you sharing that. I'm glad again, if I can, if I can offer yeah. anything from my own Experience. life that that can enhance somebody else's, it gives me satisfaction. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh yeah. Uh, that that there might be there just might be a purpose why I'm going through this. Yeah, there might be a, a bigger a bigger reason a bigger um, um, yeah reason for that. Um, uh, and we've come to the end really. The last question: Do you want? Uh, is there anything that you'd like to add? But I just wanted to pick up on back upon the point you made about the earlier what you were talking about the signs of postpartum depression when the mother can't sleep when the baby's asleep. And you said sure. um, you would talk a bit more about that um, if we had the time, or which would you like me to do first? Um, yeah, we can do that. We can do the um, the uh, the bit about the the signs of the postpartum. Okay, first. And sure. Then... Here are some of the signs to watch for in yeah. a new mom. If her self esteem has dropped if she is putting herself down if she is saying things like anybody can do this better than i can yeah. you know my husband picks up the baby and he can calm her down but i can't do it you know uh, uh or she says uh, my baby is rejecting my milk yeah you know when when for instance a baby pulls off the breast and looks around the room that's a very normal uh, uh behavior but when she takes it personally that is not normal for yeah. a new mom. So watch for statements like that when she's she's derogatory towards herself, self-criticism. Uh, also, um, if she's short-tempered and, and snaps, 
for for seemingly no reason. I mean, can can sleep deprivation cause that? Yes, but it can also be depression. Sometimes depression, postpartum depression, looks more like short temperedness or or anxiety. That's the other one. If her mind is spinning, if she's obsessing on one worry after another, and reassurance does not calm her down, she's always yes butting. Yes, but what if this? But what if? If she's what ifing and she can't stop what ifing, what if this happens? Oh no, oh no. You know, if she really has a hard time uh, 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 relaxing or being reassured, there's one thing after another, like another worry will take its place. Yeah. She might relax about this one, but another. That Those are all warning signs. If her appetite drops, um, a new mom, especially if she's using her milk to feed, but even not, her, her appetite should be at least normal. And sometimes yeah. she needs even more food, uh, more caloric intake if she's trying to produce milk. So if she does not seem hungry, if her appetite has dropped, um, if she's having scary thoughts, and by the way, scary thoughts can mean different things to different people. I mean, to one woman, it's, I think my husband is having an affair to another mom with postpartum OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, she can be having horrifying images of her baby being killed, right? That's not psychosis, by the way. So no. don't confuse that. No. She's in our reality. She's totally safe yeah. with a baby. But, but uh, you know, if she, if she reports uh, any of these things, again, she, she needs help right away. We don't want to be alarmist, go, oh my goodness. No, just make sure she talks with a specialist who can give her an assessment and tell her what it is and what it isn't. Because yeah. I know I thought I was psychotic. I had OCD. So yeah. I was afraid of being left alone with the baby, but no, I was perfectly safe. Uh, 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 so anyway, that's a whole other whole other area. But yeah. those are some of the things. And, and certainly, yes, as we talked about, if she's unable to sleep when the baby sleeps at night, yeah. she needs help right away. Any insomnia at all, um, that's serious. And she needs some intervention. If it's a matter of just getting up a lot because the baby wakes her a lot, can that still cause depression, sleep deprivation? Yes, but that's not insomnia. So um, I'm I'm concerned if the body won't allow sleep uh, when they get the the chance. So those are some of the things you're uh, you're looking for. Thanks for that, and and it'll be a good sort of checklist for listeners to kind of think. Well, um, you know, if I if I resonate with a few of those, then seek medical advice. From the, from Absolutely, the... with with somebody who is a perinatal specialist, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, yes. was there anything else that you wanted to wanted to add at all? Oh yes, I mean, one of my main messages, starting from way back in the nineteen eighties, don't suffer in silence. Yeah. There is no shame that should be associated with any of these illnesses, these disorders. This is not a character flaw. No. It is not a personality weakness. It, 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 I mean, these things can happen to the most loving, intelligent, wise, best parents ever. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, no shame should be associated with with any of these uh, illnesses, no more so than gestational diabetes or, or, or anything else. Uh, this can happen to to the best of us. So uh, the best, most loving thing you can do for your entire family is to get help, proper help, as fast as you can. That's when prognosis is best. Yes, well, thank you very much for, for that. And um We'll sort of bring it to a close then. So thank you very much, Dr. Shosh, uh, for your contribution. It's been great um, recording with you and, and and being on the episode with you. Um, for all our listeners, uh, that was the, Dr. Shoshana Bennett, who is a clinical psychologist from California uh, with a special interest in postpartum depression. We've been talking at great length uh, about um, her career, um, achievements, milestones, personal, um, personal journey in terms of um, health, um, struggles and things like that and also uh, a, wi a wider picture of um, um, sort of helping other people and, and what that means uh, so thank you very much really appreciate you coming on thank you Ash very much yeah uh, and 
uh, you listeners. Um, thanks for listening. Um, I'm not sure what uh, episode nine, what we have in store for episode nine yet, but we'll keep you posted. Uh, please like, share, comment and subscribe across all our channels. It's really important to get get the message out there and, and um, particularly on this topic as well, young mums and children and things and, and to get them um you know the best help possible and, and sort of to educate people as well i think that's really important as dr shosh um said earlier education is like the like uh alongside laughter is, is the best medicine i'd say um so thank you very much uh, uh you listeners and i'll see you in the next episode you just listened to episode eight that was with Dr. Shoshana Bennett, uh, as part of our Meet the Experts series, uh, she talked with us today about postpartum depression. Uh, she's a clinical psychologist, uh, an author of um, and co-author of several different books, including the Dummy's Guide to Postpartum Depression. Uh, we asked her some questions about her career. Uh, she gave us her stance on medication. And we talked about some of the signs of postpartum depression, guys. She also shared with us a very personal story of cancer. Uh, So, you know, a special thanks to Dr. Shosh for actually sharing that with us. It must have taken a lot of courage to do that. And um, she actually said as well that um, there's always something positive to learn from those experiences and things like that. So thanks again to Dr. Shosh for that. He also shared with us the um, sort of red flags or the signs of, of postpartum depression, uh, which is what I really wanted you to take away from the episode. That's sort of like the key takeaway from the episode, from from my point of view anyway, is the the sort of um, signs of uh, depression when it goes far beyond sort of you know frustrations as as a, as a new parent and things. Um, I'm not a parent myself, by the way. Just just to put that out there, but. Um, just um, on the back of um, Dr. Shosh's um, advice and um, to summarise some of the ups and downs and key points that she raised in relation to postpartum depression, some of the key signs are ups and downs that are not mild, but they don't go away after two weeks. So she mentioned um, if it's an ups and downs that are mild and they go away two weeks after giving birth, then... You know that's that's quite normal that's normal frustration as a parent but if they last much longer than that and they're not mild they're more on the severe end it's more than likely postpartum depression however guys please don't quote this as gospel you know always seek your own gp's advice medical advice um uh, some of the sort of general signs would be anxiety anger short temper um insomnia not being able to sleep doom general doom and gloom feeling hopelessness and an inability to slow the mind, racing mind, worrying about a lot of different things, being unable to be reassured and and not being able to have that kind of perspective on things. Hopelessness, in other words, hopelessness and not not being able to gain a sort of grasp or perspective on on that things will change and they won't be forever, guys. And sort of things like thinking that, you know, anybody can do this better than I can as a mum. Um, uh, Dr. Shosh mentioned as well the baby seemingly rejecting milk from the mother um, could be seen as a sort of rejection from the baby's point of view although to be honest um, uh, Dr. Shosh did say that it's oftentimes a normal reaction of the baby to to sort of reject that milk from from time to time it's not like um, you know something to take personally although um in this case you know i suppose it could be taken personally a short temper uh, due to depression and not necessarily sleep deprivation um poor appetite mind spinning and worrying about different things what if you know but what if this happens and what if that happens and catastrophizing i guess um which links into a previous episode that i did on on catastrophizing but it's, it's um quite similar to that uh, so that's it, guys. Really, that there were the key takeaway points from the episode. We talked on about COVID as well and the negative impact on, on mental health that it's had. Um, and Dr. Shosh answered answered that question: what our advice would be and what would the answer be to that crisis. And she answered it rather succinctly, really, in terms of 
um, you know, therapy is accessible remotely from wherever you are in the globe. And, you know, thanks to technology, we're able to do that, guys, so more people can get the help that they they, they deserve. Um, and we answered a few more questions. I won't give it all away, guys, but that's, that's, that's all in a nutshell. So thank you very much to Dr. Shoshana Bennett there, a clinical psychologist from California. Uh, she's authored and co-authored several different books, guys, which I mentioned in the episode there. And she's helped uh, many, many people over the years um, as a psychologist, uh, as she mentions there. So thank you very much um, for your time, Dr. Shoshana. And thanks for listening, folks. Please like, share, comment and subscribe across all our channels. It really helped me out and get the word out there and get these episodes out there. But really good, really good content. Um, and hopefully you get something out of it, guys. So you guys take care and I'll see you in episode nine.